There was a new idea. To bring together two remarkable brothers. To see if they could become a podcast. To see if they could watch all four Fantastic Four movies. Even the one we didn't want to watch. To see if any of them are good. And to wonder if Marvel's new one will be better. Oh, we did it. They made the movie. We watched the movie. Uh, everyone did their jobs. Y- yeah, we watched the whole thing. And Marley's read the comics. A lot of times when we were watching it, he was like, oh. The, I would say the biggest like revelation was when you said while we were watching the movie, now reading the Ultimate Comics, that you thought you were like, I would have made the same decisions as them. Some of them in the first act, yeah. Uh, very briefly before we uh, we get into our, our, our patented Fantastic Four questions, I just want to say for the... The, the small member, small group of the audience who may not be familiar. Uh, Marvel Comics uh, was, you know, started in whatever, 1962, 63, with Fantastic Four, number one, as the beginning of the modern Marvel age of superhero comics. But then in the uh, early 2000s, they did this publishing initiative called Ultimate Comics, where they rebooted all of their most popular characters into a totally new line of comics. And the premise was basically what they do in the movies now. The premise was, let's take these characters, let's update it, let's make the decisions we would have made if we were creating these characters now. It'll be the world outside your window again. It'll be totally new, more realistic, cooler. Uh, and Ultimate Fantastic Four was one of those comics, and it was very popular. It was the number one comic in the in the country for a little while, I believe. Uh, and that was, I think that was in 2000... One, I think, uh, it came a couple years before the first uh, Tim Story Fantastic Four movie. So every Fantastic Four movie since the unreleased one has pulled some inspiration from Ultimates. Uh, there are, there is some elements of Ultimate Fantastic Four in the two in the first Tim Story Fantastic Four movie, um, but it's kind of like we know that movie was in development since like 1995. So like obviously they, it's like the. That one is very 60s. Yes, that one is very 60s, but I would say, I bet the last draft, I bet the most recent draft of that movie that they did before they started shooting, looked at the Ultimate Comics and tried to throw some some things in there. Yeah. Uh, So what you get from the Ultimate Comics that, I'm just very quickly say, the parts of, the parts of Tim Story's Fantastic Four that's from Ultimate is Ultimate Sue Storm is a biologist. Okay. Um, And Ultimate Doctor Doom gets uh, turned into a metal man by the experiment. Um, and those two things had never, Dr. Doom being physically transformed into a metal man and Sue being a biologist had never been in the comics before Ultimate. So them being in the Fantastic Four movie was them being like, oh, we can pull this thing and that thing. And then the rest of the movie is very much the 60s, which I think is why, as we discussed, the old, the, the Jessica Alba movies, they just forget that Sue is a scientist almost instantly because they probably wrote the early drafts when she wasn't. And then they added that from Ultimate Comics and didn't do anything with it. Uh, this movie, Fan Stick, is directly, relatively faithfully adapting Ultimate Fantastic Four. Uh, it's probably 
more one-to-one adapting Ultimate Fantastic Four than the Tim Story ones were adapting any specific issue of 60s Fantastic Four. Well, especially Ultimate Fantastic Four, there's not that much history to draw from. Like, there's just one Ultimate Origin. Yes. In the regular comics, they've told the Fantastic Four's origin over and over, and it's different every time, and it's been modernized in different yes. ways every time. And even, yeah, even by, you know, 2015, Ultimate Comics have been going on for, like, 10 years, but that still means there's, you know, whatever, 80 issues of Ultimate Fantastic Four as opposed to 400 issues of 60s Fantastic Four. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't read any of those comics, um, be- because... I, you don't like them, right? I'm not. They, I, I found some things I liked about them because I like comics and it is very talented people making it. But yeah, I just, I'm not really interested in the entire concept of Ultimate Marvel because I'm not, I don't really want a totally new continuity with completely brand new stories and everyone's meeting each other for the first time mm-hmm. and redoing their origins. Like, I'm much more interested in what they do in normal Marvel, which is like, like, we talked about this. Like, they have gone back and redone the Fantastic Four's origin. They've changed it a lot. Like, the current Fantastic Four origin is that they were testing a faster-than-light-speed drive and also that Johnny was a pilot, and that's why he was there. And, like, yeah. uh, I'd much rather they just kind of soft-reboot characters on a case-by-case basis. Like, just change it so Iron Man was in Afghanistan, but don't say everything didn't happen and he has to meet Rhodey again for the first time because mm-hmm. I don't want to see those stories over and over again. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's some cool stuff in Ultimate Fantastic Four, but it's also just like, and then they meet Mole Man for the first time. I mean, it makes sense. And that then they meet Namor for the first time. You don't want a reboot. Yeah, I'm not interested in a reboot. I don't mind if you want to go back and change some stuff so your new stories can be fresh and fun and and good. But yeah, I'm so... Uh, but they're specifically the first act of fan Stick is very, very closely adapting the first two issue of Ultimate Fantastic Four, and that part of the movie, I approve of a lot of their changes. <laughs> okay, but you don't... Do you like either of... Do you... you what does that mean? <laughs> like, you're just saying, as a screenwriter, you can understand why they made the choices they had to, because it was... Like, if you handed me... And I guess, well, you know... If you handed me that first issue of Fantastic Four... Ultimate Fantastic Four, and you said, adapt this into a movie, I think my first act would pretty much be this movie's first act. Okay. They lose me at the end of the first and act, do and then I, don't like it, then I don't like it anymore. Are you able to separate yourself, since you're able to understand what the job the writers had was, Yes. are you able to think, but it, what do you think that was is a good adaptation of the Fantastic... Like, do you think it was good? Did you like do- the first act? Uh, more than the rest of the movie, I think it's kind of okay in the beginning. I don't have... Yeah, because it completely falls apart. Completely falls apart. There also, like, isn't really a second or third act. Yeah, I I kind of think the beginning... There's a few character choices I disagree with, but I I think basically the first act of this movie is fine, and also I like Like it better... I like it better than the comic it's adapting. When do you think the first act ends? Because, so, I would say the first act ends after they get their powers. Yeah, I mean, so I guess what I'm, I'm saying is the... I'm saying... I agree with you the first act is, ends when they get their powers. They lose me right before that. <laughs> okay, well, what I was going to say is weird about that, just structurally, yeah. is that's like 45 minutes into the movie, Yeah. right? Which is way longer than a first act is meant to be. Yes. I think just because this movie got super, super chopped up and yes. messed up, that then it's like... like Because I was thinking about it, and I was like, they really should get their powers 
by at the end of the first act. Yeah. So what that should mean is, and this is the case for every other Fantastic Four movie we've watched, is they get their powers at the 20 minute mark. Yes. Around there. Usually. Especially because uh, the other thing is, all of these, every all four Fantastic Four movies are short by superhero movie standards. They're all about an hour and a half. Yeah. So I, I guess what I meant is that it's weird because like clearly they agreed with you. They went, the first act is working, let's keep that in. And then they cut out... 50% of the rest of the movie. Yeah, I think that's what happened. And they should have cut down the first act, though. Yeah. Because it's too long for... Yeah. It probably shouldn't... It if, takes so long for them to get their powers. But I think it's... If the whole movie had been three hours long, like every other superhero movie, which I bet it was at one point, the 40-minute first act would have been about right. It still, yeah. it still would have been boring. I do still think it's I mean, as soon as they were in the Planet Zero zone um, in this movie... Um, is it called Planet Zero in Ultimate? Do you remember? Uh, I do remember, and it is not. And what a great way to segue into our first question. Okay. Hey, Austin, in this movie, what gives the Fantastic Four their powers? Because, and we're going to go with Ultimate lore this time when we talk to the comics, about the comics. In Ultimate Fantastic Four, you meet Reed Richards as a little kid. He's, a, he's like a 10-year-old scientist. Mm -hmm. He's building a teleporter in his garage. Uh, I think actually in the comic, I think he's in his bedroom. But, you know, he's building a teleporter. Yeah. Porter in his house. He's hanging out with his best friend, Ben Grimm. Uh, and he, in the comics, Reed knows, Reed's idea is he know he's, he's inventing teleportation. He knows about another dimension. And his idea is if you shunt matter into this other dimension, then you can bring it back anywhere in the world in our dimension. And that's mm -hmm. what he's intending to do. And he, uh, he's sending model cars into this other dimension. It's blacking out the, the neighborhood. He's destroying his dad's appliances to make it. Uh, in the comic, I thought it was his biological dad. Uh, in the movie, they say it's his stepdad. And honestly, that might be the case in the comics too. Maybe I didn't catch it. Uh, but uh, in then he gets recruited by, in the comics, explicitly the military. Uh, the military pays his family to take their child. He's still a child when he gets abducted he's, by the military? He's pretty young. He's okay. a little older, but he's, he's like not. He's like 11 or he's not, Yeah, he's not 18. Okay. Uh, so he's still a child. The science fair, there's a scene in the comic where he's doing a science fair experiment and it's the teleporter and it causes an explosion and they get mad at him. And that happens in this movie too. But in this movie, he's obviously like 18 by the time he does this science experiment. And it's very weird how angry at him they are. Yeah. It makes more sense that if a 10-year-old made an explosion, you would not really listen to what they were trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, honest, I said I was upset by those things, and now watching the movie, I'm more like, every time when people are upset at him, they're upset because he's destroying things. Yeah. And really, the thing now that I, I would be upset, I only remember it because I thought it was funny mm -hmm. when, I, when I watched it the first time. That wasn't my main problem with the movie. But now when I'm watching it, I'm like, the thing that's frustrating is he's not applying himself. Mm -hmm. Literally, he's not applying to programs. Yeah, yeah. Like, clearly, he's just not using his intellect in a way that other people can understand. Another thing that's funny about this movie is the way it kind of seems like in the movie is he just has this, like, God-given gift to build a teleporter. Yeah. And isn't smart seemingly in any other way. Yeah, not interested in any other things. He doesn't do it. His one dream is to build a teleporter. He yeah. only builds a teleporter. So I think the reason why I forgot about people being mad at him and then it was like, but then I remembered from the comics is because in the comics, his father or stepfather is, like, abusively angry at him. Like, he is destroying the family blender and he is blacking out the house, but then he is, like, being screamed at. Like, yeah. it is up I, I, the level yeah. that they're angry at this child 
child for being an inventor in the comic is upsetting. And so I was like, oh, I guess it was like that in the movie. But it's actually fine. I think in the movie... In the movie, him and his father do not speak. They do not speak. So I bet you there's a scene of him doing that that got cut out. Yes. Because he's about to do that, but you don't see that scene. Yes. His I, father is freaking out because the Giants game got interrupted, and yes. he's like, Rain, what the heck did you do? And uh, it's Tim Heidecker. Yeah, it's Tim Heidecker. And I think you're right. I, my guess is that Reed's stepfather was originally shot to be, like, abusively angry, because then you juxtapose it with, you cut, you do cut to Ben Grimm's house in this movie, and he is getting beat up by his older brother. Chet Hanks. Chet Hanks. Uh, his older brother... Uh, is like, hey, look at me when I'm talking to you. It's clobbering time. And starts hitting him. And then their mother runs in and is like, hey, don't you hit kids? And starts hitting his brother. Uh, and All very seriously. I mean, it's a fun slap t- slapstick routine yeah. of the of the little fun abusive family. But it's meant, it's meant to be incredibly serious. It's meant to be incredibly... I mean, she literally says like, hey, what did I tell you about never hitting kids? Smack, 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 smack. Yeah, and uh, don't worry, everyone. This is the first time Ben Grimm has ever been canonically Jewish in a movie because there's a giant menorah on the wall while all this abuse is happening. So, thanks. Thanks, Hollywood. I'm glad you got that in this one. Yeah. Pretty cool. And they they have a junkyard. So then... They own a junkyard. Ben and Reed meet because Reed is stealing something from the junkyard and when Ben finds him, Reed says, Don't kill me! Yeah! Well, because there were two junkyard dogs barking at Reed who were maybe going to kill him. No, you're right. I mean, it's not... The whole film is just shot... It's like the way that the actors are performing... Because uh, this is was directed by Josh Trank, yep. coming off of making Chronicle, yeah. which people were super into, and it was this new, um, it was like a found footage horror superhero movie. So in that film, everyone is supernaturalistic. Yes. And it's, you know, has these, like, horror elements, and this film is clearly directed to be very naturalistic. Yeah. And it's honestly, watching it now, I am impressed with how... The actors are trying to perform this really bad dialogue um, somewhat naturalistically. And I feel like they pull it off sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I, but I, it, it's a lot of, like, they're saying the most robotic things ever. They're saying it's clobbering time. Mm-hmm. Or, like, that. Well, that's what I'm saying is the thing is if the kid was like, please don't kill me. Like, that's a fun, like cheesy line sort of for a child to say to him. Oh yeah, like you you could imagine a world where in the script these scenes were meant to be a little more lighthearted and would maybe even have worked better. Yeah, you just believe the kid, it feels real that the kid thinks he might get killed by this other child. Yeah. The, The long story short, uh, in this movie, Reed just thinks he's inventing teleporting and then he is recruited by a scientific institute with mostly military funding but not the military Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's given a scholarship his parents aren't they don't buy him from his parents like they do Mm -hmm. in the comic Uh, and ultimately the the short version of how they get their powers is they reveal to Reed that he's not teleporting at all what he's doing is sending things into another dimension and they know about this dimension and they know how to teleport things into this dimension they just don't know how to bring things back that's the thing that Reed has invented and is that the same thing in the comic Uh, So, no, it's different in the comics because in the comics, they're not trying to leave things in the dimension. They're trying to send them all the way through. The big, so there's actually a really cool moment in the comics that I, I kind of wish they had adapted. There's a few things in the comics I like better than this movie. The cool reveal in the comics is in the comics, the 
Franklin Storm, uh, the lead scientist who recruits Reed, calls this other dimension the end zone. Oh. Reed, I think, has some other name for it that I forget because they never say it again. But this, the, the government calls it the end zone. And they tell him, we can't send things to the end zone, but we can view the end zone. And Reed, we thought we were going crazy when little model cars started showing up on our camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's how they learned about Reed. And I think that's cool. And that should have been in this movie. Yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie is boring. If it's if the the only like good parts are uh, sometimes they say th say things or things happen that are bad enough that it's really funny. Yeah. But otherwise, it's just kind of boring, even though it's ninety minutes. So like in this movie, they do the same thing that the first that the the Tim Story movie does, where. When they're when they're looking at this new planet, Franklin Storm just says things like, "This will explain life on Earth. This will save the planet." But there's really no indication that that's true. Yeah, it's a very weird thing they're creating. Even just a child obsessed with teleporting, kind of not that cool of a thing to invent. Mm -hmm. In terms of just like, yeah, one thing could go to another place instantaneously. It's like, okay. Yeah, like, the opening scene is actually Reed in his school saying his dream in life is to be the first person to teleport. Which is is cool, but a weird, I don't know, yeah. It's not as cool as time travel, it's not really as cool as going to space. Yeah, it's not even really as cool as going to another dimension, the thing his machine actually does. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if he wanted to explore other dimensions or even explore other planets by teleporting to them or something, yeah. like... Because that would be a way to try. It's funny to be so focused. And, and it really, it seems to be the only thing he cares about or yeah. is trying to do. And it and is, you know, now that you say it, it, is actually sort of a problem with all these Fantastic Four movies. And I never thought about this. You know what? I got a new theory about one of the problems with all these Fantastic Four movies. Is that in the original 60s comic, uh, they are trying to be the first people in space. They are trying to be a mm -hmm. pioneer of a new kind of travel. Mm -hmm. And I think that has given them people, I'm, I didn't invent this, like people have said this about the Fantastic Four, that they're not, you know, people are like, they're not a superhero team, they're a family. And that's true. But they're also a family who are professional explorers. Mm -hmm. And like what Reed does in the comics is they're the first people in space. They're the first people into the negative zone. They're the first people into the microverse. Like what they are is explorers. And the changes that they've made in all four of these movies make what they're doing not about exploring mm -hmm. because in all of these movies it's like we want to study this nebula we want to study this cloud we want to teleport for the first like well, the first yeah. time and so in this movie they are finally going to a new place they are exploring but it's not actually reads like central desire no not at all it's not even a thing he understood he was creating the technology to do yeah and so like they're missing a real opportunity because like they talk about Reed, like, wanting to be famous. They talk about, like, they want to be remembered like Neil Armstrong, but basically just to be in the history books. Like, the most, I think the most compelling, and he, Reed even talks about Captain Nemo. It was there. There was a version of this movie where Reed's dream was to explore and be the first person to a new place and get the credit for going somewhere no one had ever been before, Star Trek style. There had to have been a version of this movie where that was Reed's central motivating factor, and they changed it. Yeah. And they changed it so that's not there anymore, and it makes it muddy. Because it's so close, they had to have been a version. Yeah. Yes, uh, this movie got really, really cut up. Yes, it got huge reshoots that the director had nothing to do with. The, mm -hmm. Josh Trank turned in a version of the movie that the studio said was unacceptable, and they reshot who even knows how much, maybe half of it without him. We don't, no one knows for sure. 
Uh, and the, yeah, then the way they get their powers is, uh, all four of the four plus Victor Von Doom, who we'll talk about later, all teleport themselves to this other dimension and things get all fucked up and they touch some goo and... Some rocks. They touch some goo, they touch some rocks. Yeah, do you want to describe, uh, as they're escaping Planet Zero, uh... How exactly each one of them gets their specific powers? Yeah, so Doctor Doom falls falls into Big Vat, and uh, uh, Johnny uh, is in in his pod and just kind of bursts into flames. Yeah. Um, Reed is pretty much fine. Like nothing really happens to him. Maybe some energy gets on him. And uh, the star of this is Ben. A swarm of rocks start hitting him in the face, and he's like, ah, "Help me, Reed! Help me! Help me!" Um, <laughs> Especially, we'll, we'll get to this, uh, the, the next thing will be about why are any of them there yeah, in this movie? I know, I know. Um, and then the way that Sue gets her powers is she's not there, and just a little bit of stray energy hits her, and she has, invisible now. Yeah, it's like, Ben gets, rocks are attracted, actively attracted to Ben. They yeah. don't just land on him. Johnny gets hit by fire, nothing happens to Reed. Uh, Doom's metal suit, Doom's suit fuses to his body, creating a, a metal suit of armor. And then, yes, yeah, Sue's just hit by some blue energy. And as we all know, blue energy makes you invisible. It sure does, Marley. Uh, but, but yeah, this is, this is the point of the, the movie where normally I ask, hey, why were Sue and Johnny there? Because in the comics, they're not, they're not scientists. And there's no good reason. And Ben is a pilot, so he has a reason to be there. Yeah. And Reed invented this, so whatever. He really shouldn't be there either, which this movie actually does bring up. Uh, so uh, before we ask in this movie why are any of them there, I'll just say that in the Ultimate Comics, Reed is a scientist, Sue is a scientist, Victor Von Doom is a scientist, Johnny is there because their father runs the program. Nepo, Nepo Baby. Yeah, Nepo Baby. He's not a scientist. Uh, and Ben is just Reed's friend. The thing is, in the comics, none of them are going through the teleporter. That's not the experiment that's happening. In the comics, they are sending an apple through the teleporter, and it's the first time they are ever sending organic matter. But because they know this is dangerous, they're doing it in the desert. And so really, Johnny and Ben are just there to watch because this is important to their mm -hmm. friends, and no one is doing anything dangerous. Yeah. And then in the comics, the teleporter explodes mm -hmm. and it catches the five of them in the explosion and okay. so it's a, you don't need as much of a reason for like Johnny and Ben to be that's there. a very sensible way to update it yes you don't need a read they're not there they're just watching Reed's yeah. Reed and they're Victor. all just watching they're it. all just watching Reed and Victor and Sue's sort of crowning achievement happen and then there's an explosion they all get caught in it and because it's a teleporter uh, they actually all get teleported to different parts of the world and so they discover their powers like alone in different places uh, and there is actually one, I, I gotta give the comics credit for one thing, which is Reed doesn't get teleported very far. He just gets teleported, like, a couple yards, so he's still mm -hmm. there. And he stands up in the smoke, and he's, like, full spaghetti man. He's, mm -hmm. like, as stretched as possible, so he just looks like yeah. a mess of flesh tentacles. And the military, who in the comics are funding this, just go, It's an alien! Kill it! Kill mm -hmm. it! Kill it! With all the bullets! <laughs> <laughs> and they just empty a thousand bullets into Reed. Yeah. And then he's just unharmed because he's indestructible but he's like a noodle man he's like no stop shooting me <laughs> and uh i love that i wish they had the budget for that in this movie <laughs> yeah that would have been funny or really disturbing in this film. <laughs> it's kind of disturbing in the comic but yeah I, a pile of goo. uh yeah so in this movie they it's similar except 
they create they send a chimpanzee into the planet zero uh so in the comp like the thing that this is most like in the regular comics is is the negative zone, yes. right? So that's why I'm calling it the planet zero zone. Yes. Um, I mean, and like they, in Ultimate, they call it the end zone. And later, way later in the comics, they do go to the end zone and they meet Annihilus. Like, it's supposed to be okay. the, it's the ultimate version For of the negative like, zone. For someone like, calling it the negative zone is ridiculous. Yeah. Gotta... <laughs> that's the, well, that's the kind of thing I don't like about Ultimate comics. Like, I don't like them being like, uh, negative zone is stupid. We're going to call it the end zone. Never, like, never matter the fact that, like, negative negative matter fucking exists and it's a thing physicists talk about. Yeah. Like, saying like it's another dimension opposite of ours. It's all negative energy instead of positive energy. We call it the negative zone. Totally reasonable gobbledygook. End zone just sounds like football. Yeah. Uh, so I think, in, I think in football it's end zone. Oh, what are you saying? N. N zone. Oh, just the N. Just the letter oh, N. Oh, so short for negative? But they never say that. Oh, I thought you were saying end. No, end zone. Oh. I pronounce N and N the same. Clearly. You just said I pronounce N and N the same. I don't really pronounce the D and N. Yeah. The... Okay. So, in this movie, it's called Planet Zero. So, they send a chimpanzee to Planet Zero, and then uh, they go, wow, it worked. That was awesome. The chimpanzee does it totally fine. And um, then the head honchos at the company say, all right, that was a great test, kids. Amazing. You get a pat on the back. Now we're going to get NASA involved in this, and we're going to get ready to do a manned mission. Yeah. They're which gonna, They're going to send an astronaut. Yeah. Well, and, and you know how NASA works, too. Like, it'd probably be years before NASA sends someone through there. And Victor Von Doom is like, oh, why don't you just get the CIA involved, too, so that you can bomb some kids in the Middle East with this or whatever. Yeah. He's woke in this. Yeah, he specifically says we should send our political prisoners there. Waterboarding in another dimension could be a good deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which he's saying to be he's critical of the u.s government yes um and so he's, he's anti-establishment he had actually quit the program earlier because he didn't trust the government yeah, he's funding. like a hacker he's like an anti-social hacker yeah kind of i bet in some pitch deck they're like it's like if julian assange became a metal murder man <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 that comes through um and then he's like oh i could i could go for some drunk get some drunk right now and the the johnny Reed and Victor Von Doom all get drunk. Reed gets drunk for the first time. Yeah. And Victor's like, nobody knows who invented the freaking rocket ships that went to the moon. They know about Buzz Aldrin. They know about Neil Armstrong. We can't let them steal this from us. And he, and Reed's like, you're right. We have to do that. Um, Reed calls... Ben Grimm to be like, you need to be here. I'm not doing this without you. You need to come here. And he's like, oh, I'm tired. Ben Grimm kind of has no emotions through this whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's Jamie Bell. He's trying to be really stoic. He's trying to just seem like a cool, tough guy. Also, like in the in the Ultimate Comics, they did keep Ben Grimm's classic build. Like he is a football player. He's, mm. he's twice the size of Reed. Like the reason they're friends in the comic is because Ben would protect him from bullies. Like Reed's getting his head dunked in the toilet when you meet him in the comics. Yeah. Uh, by casting Jamie Bell, it's funny because he's like half Miles Teller's size. <laughs> yeah, he's really small. And uh, has no utility to him. <laughs> and also Johnny, I, I think is a genius, but like is troubled. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, you do. I like how you meet Johnny in this movie. It's Michael B. Jordan, which is cool. And he's uh, you meet him doing some Fast and the Furious uh, Tokyo drifting. Yeah, he's drifting and he drifts into a pole. And his dad is like, you have the IQ to do much more than this. Uh, but I like, I mean, you know, we talked about how in the comics, uh, in the 60s comics, Human Torch was supposed to be like a cool, hot-rotting 60s teen who loves cars. And like, I don't know, that's an easy thing to adapt. People, Young people still like cars. No yeah. reason to overthink it. Just make him like cool cars again. Um, but the thing that's weird, the whole thing that's weird about it is it's just like, why... What, why are you mad about NASA getting involved? Yes. Like, that seems good. That's, good. that's no. Well, I mean, we talked about that when, like, you know, when we talked about the original Fantastic Four premise, and I'm like, yeah, it makes sense that Ben is there because he's a test pilot. And it makes sense that Reed is on the rocket because he designed it? Wait a second, that's not how anything works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like th this movie tries to explain why they're all the ones doing the experiment maybe more than any of the other movies do. Like, yeah. they have more of a, like, justification for it, and I think that you just can't really explain. Like, I think it's better to just move through it quickly why they're all doing the experiment. Well, because also you can't fix it. You can never make them all make sense. Like, this movie has the most plausible reason for Reed, Victor, Sue, and Johnny, but that means Ben has to just be s snuck in drunk at the night for no reason. Like, there's no way to get it's all weird, five though, of them like, there. Ben could have just also been a part of the program because he built this machine with Reed. Yeah, but he's just the mechanic. He was just showing him how screwdrivers work. He wasn't really helping. He wasn't. Well, we don't know. We don't see the seven years they were friends building this machine. Yes, they should have. They should have just. What they should have done is just when Franklin Storm comes to recruit Reed, he should have said, "I'm not going without Ben. He's a part of this project." And they're like, "He's just like a." okay mechanic and he's like yeah but i need him and yeah. that would have made as much sense as anything else that happens in this movie yeah i don't i mean totally i mean that happens all the time yeah like uh fucking phil lord and chris miller he got hired by that disney thing and he was like i want my friend and they went okay yeah <laughs> like it's not a big deal or whatever yeah no, um, they're, uh, or the other you know like i said if you if you if you went back and redid the whole movie and gave Ben a totally different deal, he could just have still been a test pilot. He could have been the guy NASA was going to send. Oh, yeah. If you're just starting from scratch, there was no reason to create this. The movie. other thing is uh, the comic that they're adapting did actually have an elegant way for this entire thing to happen. It wasn't a problem. <laughs> yeah, so when I say I like the adaptation up to a point, the po literally the point when they lose me is when they're all drinking, coming up with this stupid plan. Because, yeah, the comic fixed it. The comic was just, it was they weren't going through on purpose. They weren't yeah. meant to go through with it's totally reasonable to be like my friends observing because this is this historic moment uh yeah and yeah that that whole experiment happens uh the thing that you know we we're we're not actually going to talk about sexism versus the sexist effects of this movie on our friends who storm too much because that's not really this movie's problem yeah uh we are going to talk about it in this one scene because what austin just glanced gl glazed over is that Reed and Victor and Johnny are getting drunk, talking about how they need to get the credit because they built this, mm. and they need to be the first ones to go to this other planet so yeah. history remembers them. And then Reed says, uh-uh-uh, I'm not going without my buddy Ben because he was there at the beginning, so he needs to be there at the end. Cut to, they leave Sue behind, the other scientist who actually helped build this thing and built specifically the suits they're wearing that's going to keep them alive on the other side. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Well, but here's the thing, though. You got to remember is that she's kind of like uh, a little bit more a part of the establishment. Yes. She so has maybe a... they're worried that she'd call the cops on them. And she probably would have. But uh, I just... she's also a psychopath in this movie. <laughs> she is so weird. Like, so they wanted her to also be a scientist, which yep. she is. But it's like this overcompensating thing of like Reed is like, oh, here's a book. And she's like. I've already read that book. Or like, he's like, you're listening to music? And she's like, I'm interested in music. They create patterns. Music is just patterns. They set up a pattern and then they break down the pattern. Everything is patterns. And I'm just like, what is happening? Why are you yeah. like this? She had to say patterns a bunch of times because then later she uses her pattern recognition to find Reed in a way that doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, no, they made, like, I appreciate, so, he, you know, the problem with Sue Storm in every other version is that she sort of doesn't have a personality beyond the woman. Um, and even ultimate, even in the ultimate comics where she is a scientist and has a good reason to be there, she doesn't have much of a personality. Yeah. Uh, her and Reed, because the, the comic does a lot, this movie has a couple time jumps where they're like, it's been seven years, it's been one year. Uh, the comic has even more. So Reed and Sue fall in love entirely off panel. Uh, you're just told after one of the time jumps that they have a thing for each other now, which means you never even get a sense of how that yeah. works or why she likes him. Uh, she's, she's not... She does some cool plot stuff because she's a biologist, but she's not like it. They didn't have much to work with. The movie is a real likability issue. Yes. Where she's not very likable. Reed isn't likable. Johnny kind of isn't likable once he starts doing stuff. Yeah, like Johnny is coasting on uh, Michael B. Jordan's inherent charisma, but nothing he says or does or the way he's written or portrayed is actually sympathetic. No, no, no. Once, once he becomes the Human Torch... He becomes, he's like, he, he wants to become a, a war criminal. Yeah. Basically, they're like, and his whole family is like, don't do drone strikes. And he's like, I want to. Yeah, well, because, like, they're doing the thing that is in the comics, and it is in the other movies, and it is in Ultimate, where usually Johnny is the most excited about the yeah. powers, because Johnny's powers are kind of cool. Yeah. But so, in, like, yeah. like even, in, even in Ultimate, like... They are explicitly working for the government to build this technology. And, like, General Ross is there and he's like, I'm going to make so many weapons. I love you kids. But they're not, the government's not planning on using them as soldiers. Yeah. And the government, no one wants Johnny to go out there and fight criminals. Like, in the, even in Ultimate Comics, the dynamic is much more Johnny's like, I get to be a superhero. And they're like, no, Johnny, calm down. Let the Ultimates do it. It's funny, like, looking at this list of questions that you have. Mm -hmm. This movie gets through so little of the Fantastic Four story mm -hmm. that, like, most of the movie isn't even really that covered in this because they barely get to the point where they have powers and use them. Yeah. Like, there's 45 minutes spent before they even have the experiment, and that's the first question that's on this I know, list. like, like part of the reason this que these questions work with the other movies is you can answer these questions quickly because it's not covering very much of... Usually, how did they get their powers means I have to summarize five minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, and with this one, I'm like, wait, but now you're like, we're glossing over some insane details of this movie to get to this point. Because it's, you know, they all half of the movie is before they get their powers. Yeah. And then the next 30 minutes of the movie is them all just being like, what the heck is going on with my powers? And then six minutes of them fighting Doom and then it's over. Yeah, we, uh, I timed it and, uh, I'm I'm saying we're, I'm saying that they are only recognizably the Fantastic Four, a formed superhero team, only for the fight with Doctor Doom, and I I timed it at six minutes. They are the Fantastic Four for six minutes out of the 141 minutes of this movie. Okay, so do you want to do the next question? Yeah, and we'll see if 
I'm confident that e even my I'm confident that my patented questions can break down even this movie. This is the ultimate test for Marley's Fantastic Four questions. Uh, so yeah, uh, what are you what are you asking? You're looking at it. Okay, yeah. What are Sue's powers, Marley? Ah, uh, you know what? I'm this one is going to be quick because this movie is the first time we can say confidently she has every one of her normal comics powers and she uses all of them in pretty normal comics ways. Yeah. She can turn other people invisible. She can turn herself invisible. She can not only make force fields, but pretty exclusively uses those force fields to fly people around. In a ball. In a ball. Something she does often in the comics. Yeah. She doesn't tell anyone she could put a bubble in their brain and kill them with a thought, but this Sue would do it. And honestly, <laughs> it's weird she doesn't do that. It would really fit with this movie. But there's no one I guess she ever speaks to. Yeah. Friends. She interacts with very few people. She is actually, to her credit, uh, so the, the part of the adaptation of the first part of this movie that I do like is it's gross to me that the Baxter Foundation in the co in Ultimate Comics and Franklin Storm, who runs it and has his children in it, is so explicitly military. Mm -hmm. uh, and it bugs me that it's like it's an advanced think tank of genius children and we're using them to make weapons on purpose and that that's just fine. It's the whole vibe of the Ultimate Universe because in the Ultimate Universe, and the MCU brings a lot from that, in the Ultimate Universe, the Ultimates, who are their version of the Avengers, are explicitly agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., acting oh, yeah. on behalf of the government and unlike in the MCU they stay that way mm. it's not, there's not a reveal that S.H.I.E.L.D. is bad and they stop being government agents that just is the status quo and I don't like it and yeah. I don't like that they did it to the Fantastic Four so I like that in this movie this movie has the kind of anti-government anti-establishment themes Boston and I usually like where Franklin Storm just wants science he just wants discoveries he, want, he needs funding to make the world a better place and unfortunately that funding is coming from the federal government but he's doing everything yeah. can to shield the experiment and shield his children from the effects of the bad things the military would want to do yeah. and Sue is really on his side Sue is the voice of we shouldn't be working for the military we should be trying to cure ourselves and, and not become she specifically says I won't be a tool and she definitely you called out that she should say I won't be a weapon yeah which must have been the line and it got changed yeah or something I mean it's one of those weird things where like you know, probably the U.S. military gave them some amount of resources to make this movie, right? Or some... I do, I wonder what the line was of how many bad things they could say about not wanting to work with the military. Yeah. Because they're not, not sure. the ultimate bad guys in the movie, really, at all. No. It's a, it's a little bit like Rise of the Silver Surfer, where the, the military are kind of minorly... It's exactly in. like that. What yeah. happens is the exact same... <laughs> exact same thing happens. It's the same scene, basically. <laughs> the military's the bad guys. They're locking up the Fantastic Four until Doctor Doom blows them all. <laughs> kills everybody. Uh, so, uh, so, what yeah, is Doctor Doom's deal in this movie, Marley? This is the next question. Alright, so in this movie, we've already said he's like an anti-establishment guy. He's a bit of a hacker. He, he, they, he must be a little bit older than the other ones, although yeah. they never make the exact age difference clear. Yeah, I think he's like 28. Yeah. We think he's 10, because they say he was working on this for a decade. They do say that. He also implies that he's a little bit in love with Sue, mm -hmm. who would be 10 years younger than him. Yeah. And also, when he's like, oh, Sue, it's good to see you again. It's like, so you met her when she was eight. <laughs> yeah. But at least in this movie, it's the villain who was a little bit in love with a child, not Reed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So we're getting there? 
But also, again, this is definitely subject to rewrites because the, the Sue Victor stuff is so barely there yeah. that either it was there more and they cut it out or it was there none and they added a little bit yeah. of it. Yeah, I don't know. One or the other. Uh, uh, but yeah, Doom's deal. He quit the program. Uh, he Doom, parallel to, re to Reed, Doom was the one that had invented the teleporting. Yeah, the idea they're trying to set up is that Reed is Reed and Doom are basically the exact same, but Reed has made a breakthrough that Doom never could. Yes, um, and so they're bringing Doom back in to be like, now that there's this breakthrough, come help us finish it. Yes, um, so he's resentful of Reed because he's smarter than him. Yeah, he's resentful of Reed, and he really doesn't want to go back to working for Franklin Storm because he really doesn't like the Baxter. Foundation. Yeah, he likes sitting in his disgusting room with his automatically closing blinds. Yeah, and uh, his little hacker headset. And, and, uh, and, and I think the theme they're trying to do is, like, Franklin keeps saying that Doom is like, oh, if you abandon the world, other people finish what you started. And later in the movie, he's like, what's the point of any of this if you're alone? Like, the idea is supposed to be, like, Doom's flaw is that he prefers isolation and yeah. prefers being alone. There's Yeah. There's also this subtle, like, theme through the movie, which I guess would have to be global warming, of, like, the whole world is being destroyed. There's an energy source on the other side that could fix it. Yeah. And... But Doom is kind of like, well, this these pe the people who are destroying the world deserve this and should die. Basically, yeah. And, and I feel like Doom is, to the extent that you can piece together Doom's deal, he's an eco-terrorist. Yeah, I get it. Not really an eco-fascist, because he's mm. not trying to preserve anything for anyone. He just wants, he's like, your world had its chance. I'm siding with Planet Zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so can you say, how does Doom get his powers, or what are his powers? Yeah, so in this, in this movie... Doom actually touches the green goo on the yeah. on planet zero. Then Doom falls into the pool yeah. of green goo, yeah. and the idea is that his suit sh like shrink wraps him. His, yeah. his spacesuit gets shrink wrapped to him. Uh, they're actually when they're on planet zero, they're all wearing distracting face masks that make it so you can't see their faces and don't know yeah. which actor is which. And it was actually a problem when we were watching it. Yeah. And then I yeah, you can only see. Their, you can't see their noses even. You can just see their eyes and their foreheads. Yeah, and we like actually lost track of who was who more than once. And I realized when when Doom eventually is revealed and he's shrink wrapped, there it's because that face mask then is stuck to his face and looks kind of like a metal mask. Yeah. And so they gave it to all of them so that Doom could have it at the end. But it's that not, was a mistake. That was a mistake, especially because Doom is so fucked up and his suit has morphed so much that they could have. It doesn't just, look like the. It doesn't. The, yeah. But there's like. A a tiny tiny bit of that mask texture to let you know that that's what it is no definitely but it doesn't look and it doesn't look like doom suit either. yeah no yeah it doesn't, doesn't look, look like, like doom suit it doesn't look like the suit he was wearing uh they made a mistake uh that's the answer to a lot of these things uh but yeah when they they pull him out uh he he gets left behind they think he's dead uh, he falls into the goo. They he spends think, a year there. He spends a year on Planet Zero. No one mentions that he's dead or talks about that he's dead or is sad that he's dead. Or like trying to save him or I don't know. Uh, it's kind of weird. But then when they, a year later, they open up the portal again and they pulled, they find Doom. He's wearing a cape that he got from somewhere. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, he gets the, the cape it? on the Earth side. He brings it back. No, he's got it. Oh, when, really? when they go to Planet Zero and Yo, Doom, you're and, right. and Doom like, I think it's the flag. Yeah. You think it's the American flag? Oh, they it's the American flag. Because they bring an American flag to plant on the soil. Uh, I wish there was a little bit where Doom's like, I thought we were bringing a Latverian flag. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he doesn't really have an accent, but he should. 
Yeah. <laughs> he's supposed to be, they talk about him being foreign all the time, but he doesn't have an accent. Yeah, and so he's become, uh, he has nondescript energy powers. Yeah, I would say he has telekinesis more than anything. He's just yeah. moving stuff around, making people's heads explode. But he creates a giant laser at the end that somehow the energy's coming from him. Yeah, well, no, that's like a chain reaction from the explosion he caused with the teleporter. And then he uh, ma- and then he turns those rocks. He uses telekinesis to make and you're saying the if rocks those rocks to funnel it. Yeah, you need, you needed, but those, okay. It's stupid, but I'm just saying what yeah, he does most. Telekinesis. What he basically. does most consistently in this movie is telekinesis. Yeah, okay. Uh, and I think his his weird brown cloth is a is a burnt American flag. Actually, yeah, was, <laughs> there's nothing else it could be. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> I, if you could tell, I mean, yeah, it'd be cooler if you could tell that's what it was. But there's yeah. like nothing else it could be. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's it. When they, they pull him out of the Planet Zero and he's all metal, you find out that he basically was pretending to be injured, let them bring him back to the world so he could kill all of the military and then start a chain reaction that will create a black hole that will destroy the Earth so he can just live on Planet Zero forever. Yeah. Uh, can you ask me the next question? I can. Uh, hey, Austin, in this movie, how many experiments are there? Because in the 60s comics, Doom... Uh, his face is scarred in a separate experiment that happened like 20 years ago. Yeah. And in the Ultimate comics, they are all they all get their powers in one teleporter explosion. So yeah. what happens in this movie? In this movie, they do so many experiments. <laughs> I mean, they do the same. They're trying to do the same thing over and over and over. It's the only thing that happens in this movie. Yeah. I think they do it at least. He does it twice as a kid. Yep. And then once with the chimpanzee again to go in. And then I guess there's a fifth one then when... They do it again where they get Victor. Yeah. And then Victor basically does oh, it again yeah. again at the end. The only thing that anyone does in this movie is turn on a teleporter. Yeah, and that happens six times yeah. in a 90-minute film. Yeah. So what that means is that they are teleporting, like, every 15 minutes? Something like at that. At least if you... Some of them are closer together than that. Um, uh, and also like, you know, in this movie, teleporting doesn't do anything to you because the chimpanzee is fine. The NASA astronauts that go and wind up bringing doom back are fine. It's touching stuff on the planet that gives you powers. Yeah. Uh, and that is different in the, in the ultimate comics. Uh, they do the, the, a thing I don't really like where what they say is, oh, when we got shifted through the end zone, we got swapped out with other multiversal options of ourselves. So like Um, there is a universe where Reed Richards is stretchy. There's a universe where Ben is a rock monster. There's a universe where Johnny has fire powers and mm -hmm. we've been like swapped and we have those powers now. Okay. And I'm like, that seems overly complicated. Why don't you just say the dimension juice did it to you? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And well, in this one, it's weird. The thing about this one that's weird about it is it's so easy to do again. Yeah. So, like, there's no, when they go, well, actually, no, because Dr. Doom used up all the goop. Oh. I think yeah, he that's absorbed true. all there's the no, goop. There's yeah. no goop. It's a different color now there. That's true. When they go back to Planet Zero, there's no more goop. I think it's all in Dr. Doom now. All right. Um, Ask me the next one. It'll be really fast. It will be. Hey, is Ben Grimm's girlfriend Alicia Masters in this movie? No. Cool. Hey, are there any villains in this movie besides Doctor Doom? Any Silver Surfer? Any Mole Man? Any? No. Oh. I mean the U.S. government. Sure, the U.S. government. They're for sure a villain. Oh wait, no, there is a villain. The Thing. He kills forty-three <laughs> people in this movie. Uh, they, yeah. they to the Thing. They're like, hey, we're gonna turn you back to normal, uh, but you have to be a murderer for us. You have to be an assassin, I guess. And he says, okay. 
Yeah, so you I mean, bummed out about it. Yeah, we don't really have a section for this because no other Fantastic Four movie has a section like this. But in this movie, when they all get their powers, they're all like yeah. locked up in testing rooms. Yeah. They're all being tortured. It's it's treated. which is actually true. This section does happen. If we were to run this series again, it would be what is the little experiment on them section of the movie like? That's true. Every movie has a scene where they all get experimented on, and yeah, it probably should have been a question of what is that scene. And this like? is the scariest version. This is the only one that's not a comedy little fun bit of them freaking people out. With that's their true. Powers. This part of every other movie is supposed to be funny. Yeah, and in this movie, it's so Reed's all stretched out. He can't unstretch. He's like freaking out and saying like where's ben what happened to ben there's also um, like and i, I want to say it because it comes back like after the initial explosion so there is an explosion um, on their way back when they come back from planet zero it explodes uh this the that's how sue explodes. gets her powers yeah sue gets her powers in that explosion and there's this scene where reed is lying on the ground and he's all fucked up and he looks over and he sees johnny just on fire he just looks like a burned corpse he looks over on the other side and he just sees a pile of rocks going reed Reed, help me. Yeah. And Reed's like, like I gotta help my friends. And he starts crawling. And then he looks and he realizes his legs are actually trapped under some debris and they've been stretching this whole time. And he faints. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, when he wakes up, he's just permanently stretched out like he can't control it. Yeah. And, he, and, and he's freaking out. But he's able to escape. He climbs through a vent as a little slug man. Yeah. And uh, he sees Ben, who's still half, like, in a boulder. They haven't chiseled out his body yet, I <laughs> yeah, guess. Yeah. And he's like, Reed, help me. What happened to my body? Reed, help me. And Reed's like, I'll help you. I will. I got, I'll do something. Yeah, he's like, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, because, like, an alarm is going off. And then you just see Reed runs away into the woods. Yeah. And then it cuts to one year later, and it seems Seems like they treated them pretty well. They created <laughs> suits that immediately it's like the military gave them suits yep. that got their powers under control. The only clear they're not making them be weapons against their will. Yeah, Ben, ben is doing it willingly. The Human Torch wants to. They've taken a year, I guess, to decide that they can let him even. Yeah, I think with Johnny, the idea is, like, his powers... Like, you know, in most of these movies... In, in the other origin... In the other two origin movies, Johnny doesn't even really figure out how to use his powers until the end. Because his you, you can see how his powers would take some training. Yeah. And so I think the idea is that this year has given Johnny the time to become, like, comics Human Torch. He can fly. He can throw fireballs. He actually looks awesome. I really love the design of Human Torch when he's on fire in this movie. He looks the most, like... The, he, he does in the comics of any of these movies. Also, I have some strong, pointless opinions about how Human Torch looks in the comics. I don't like it a lot of the time. And in this movie, he looks the way I like him to look. Mm -hmm. I won't explain the differences. <laughs> okay, especially this is not a visual medium. Yeah, so I can't so, really. But let, let me just say, I dislike how Human Torch looks in the comics most of the time. <laughs> We love to hear it. And I like how he looks in this movie. Uh, the weird thing for me is, so then Reed is on the run yeah. uh, for this whole year. By, on it, by himself, he creates a containment suit for himself. Yeah. Which is kind of the opposite of how their suits work in the comic. Where in this, the suits are what allow them to control their powers rather than them creating suits that also have their powers. Yeah, like in the comics, it's always like they... They have to learn to control their powers, but then they just do it. And the suits are just because, like, Johnny doesn't want his clothes to burn off. Sue needs the, the clothes. Suits, the clothes. Yeah. Sue needs her clothes to turn invisible also. Yeah. But yeah. 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 But yeah, and this one, and they're not, I think they could be clearer that Reed can't control his powers without the suit. Until the, the end. Yeah, because you see him all stretched out. He also out. does. Yeah, because you see him all stretched out, but then 
And and when he's climbing through the vents and talking to Ben, he is like a slug man. But then when you see him escape and run into the mountains, he's normal. Yeah. He looks normal in that shot. Yeah. So it's not clear that he needs the suit to stay human shaped. It's also not clear why he's running away from the military government because uh, it seemed like they would have just helped him. Yeah. Uh, and then when he comes back, it's fine. Yeah. They, he just, they, uh, and yeah, they, they're... Or they capture him. He doesn't come back. They yeah, they capture him, him, but then they don't do all they... When they capture him, all they do is ask him to help them recreate the experiment to cure his friends, the thing he was trying to do on his own. Mm-hmm. Bad movie! <laughs> <laughs> Got messed up. Uh, yeah, and... Uh... <laughs> do Reed and Sue get married is the next question. Yeah. Which feels insane for this film <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that they're even in love in this I movie. I think they're enemies. <laughs> uh, Sue actively does not want to speak to him every time they talk. She's very and and after the one year later, it's every, it's not just Ben who feels like Reed abandoned them. All of them feel like Reed abandoned Cause them. Because he did. Because he no did. No reason. Uh, and even even the way that Reed is like trying to be friendly with her early in the movie doesn't even come off as flirting. It just comes off as trying to be polite so, to his coworker. Also, there's this thing. So Ben really did get roped into going by Reed. Yes. Because he was like, you need to come with me. Yes. I know you're not even involved with this. It is he Reed, came. It, 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 is, it is Reed's fault that Ben was there. Yeah, and it ruined his life. Yeah. Sue actively did not want him to do it. Ruined her life. Exploded the whole thing. Johnny did want to do it. He's fine with it. Yeah. Wants to blow up stuff. Doom is presumably dead yeah so i don't know they probably all dislike him yeah <laughs> he did a bad thing basically for no reason just because he wanted fame yeah and he does like sue accuses him of wanting to be famous when they first meet and reed says that's not what he wants but then he does imperil all of them by wanting to be famous just 10 minutes later <laughs> yeah or whatever uh yeah um, so yeah, uh, yeah, don't get married, they don't even really flirt, they definitely don't fall in love, uh, they have little, very little relationship, I would say, in this movie. This has the Marvel influence of, like, no one kisses, no one, like, yeah. no one has any sexual urges in yeah, this film. Yeah, this is the least sexy Fantastic Four movie they've ever made, uh, yeah. I think, right? I think that's yeah. safe to say. The Tim Story ones are, well, the first one was very sexy. Yeah. The second one is PG. Yeah, but there's still more. No, than this. more than this. There are at than least this. More, more than, than this one. More it, than this. I mean, in, this. in the in Rise of the Silver Surfer, Reed dances with a bunch of women at oh, a bachelor yeah, party. Yeah, it's horny. Yeah, it's horny. Okay, so uh, you, next one. <laughs> this is a fun one. Oh, <laughs> uh, Austin. In this movie, does the thing yell? It's clobbering time. Yes, he does. What's the? Did we talk about the full context? No. <laughs> Do you want to? Yeah. We, yeah, we talked about the scene, but I don't think we said that his, his older brother yells, it's clobbering time, and starts hitting him. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, the, the tri most triumphant moment is uh, the thing is made invisible, to, becomes uh, visible to punch uh, Dr. Doom into an energy laser. It's the culmination of Reed's whole plan that yeah. is going to successfully save the world. And yells, it's clobbering time. <laughs> The thing his abusive brother would say, I guess. Yeah. So, Marley, next question. Yeah. Is it cool when the thing yells it's clobbering time? Uh, is a depressing uh, uh, continuation of a cycle of family abuse cool? Yes. <laughs> Maybe he's reclaiming it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was just going to say that, like, in general... 
having having a kid who comes from an abusive family get punching people superpowers uh, makes me feel bad as <laughs> as a human. I don't like uh-huh. it. And especially, like, there could be a version, because he's also made of rock, right? He's also invincible. He's also, like, a human shield. There could be a version of this where it's, like, he's going to stand up for little people everywhere because no one stood up for him. But that is just explicitly not how it's treated because as he he gets his powers and he reluctantly agrees to be a murderer for the government, but he agrees. Oh, yeah. Like, this was making me think another thing that's weird about this movie, like, the whatever, is that Johnny is black. Yes. And Sue is white. They yes. have a black father. Sue's adopted. They make sure you know how. You know, make sure you, they give you the whole story of how she's adopted. Yeah, you find out that Sue was but born in Kosovo. The thing that makes it weird is that the dad, like, thinks Sue is great and is, like, living up to her full potential and Johnny is this, like, fuck up. Yeah. And it's weird because there's, then like, this racial element to this of it's, like, the... Yeah. But... Which isn't even intended in the script, because they were both meant to be black. Yes. The thing that was added was Sue explaining she was adopted. Yeah, and we should say that very quickly, that the Josh Trank's intention was for all three Storms to be black. He knew he wanted, uh, he knew who he wanted for Franklin Storm and for Johnny Storm, and when they told him that he couldn't make Sue black, he didn't want to recast the great act, and he did, you mm-hmm. know, Michael B. Jordan and the, uh, I'm blanking on the actor who plays, uh, uh, Franklin Storm, but he's famous too. Uh, and oh God, oh. <laughs> I feel bad because he's good in this movie. I think. Uh, Just don't know his name. It's so hot. I know it's so hot in here. Are you always? Is it always this hot for you when you're recording well, in this not, room? Well, only in the summer, but also normally there's not two people. Oh yeah, Reg E. Kathy is Doctor Franklin Storm. Anyway, uh, the the compromise was to make Sue adopted. But yes, it does mean that unfortunately there's all these scenes where basically, uh, yeah, Johnny's father's like, "Why can't you be perfect like your white sister?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. It's weird, and also because that's not meant to be. It's like basically they did race blind casting to cast a white person. Yes. Um, so it's like not in the movie. Like that could be. There's a way to write that dynamic and not have it be like racist. Yeah, I there just, could be. I mean, it's just I, not addressed. Yeah, like, I mean, someone could probably write an amazing uh, movie about the dynamic of like a father being like more into his adopted daughter than his biological son, even without race. Also, like they don't explicitly say it, but like probably what happened is Sue was probably a child prodigy in Kosovo, and Franklin probably adopted her partly to get her in the country working for his program. Oh, that's what you think. That's the. I thought that she was just like in an orphanage or something. But you don't think that's why you don't I don't know. They don't say it in the movie, but and and they the reason they don't say it in the movie is because her being adopted was a late addition to justify casting Kate Mara. But I just feel like if you just look at the text and just imagine what happened, I don't know. I I bet I choose to believe that what makes most sense is that he partly adopted her because she he knew she was a genius. Sure. I mean, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, okay. I don't know. It's not. Yeah, a, no, I mean that would make sense. Yeah, like if they, but they should have said that. They should have been like, "I found her, blah blah blah, and she's a prodigy or whatever." And like, I don't know, but they don't say that. No, like, they don't they, say it. They also don't have that many scenes together. Really. Yeah, well, they're always. It's like her, Sue her, Franklin. Her scenes with her father are exclusively talking about Johnny. 
Mm-hmm. They're initially talking about how Johnny's coming on the project. You got to cut him some slack because he's had a hard life that I guess yeah. you didn't have, Sue. And they don't say why that is. <laughs> yeah, but it's because of race. I yeah, guess is it, what it seems like. Definitely. Which is a weird thing because it's like, come on, Dad. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But that's not because it's not meant to be. They're meant to be the same race. <laughs> yes, it's a problem. Uh, they Marley. Need, they should have cast a black actress as Sue. Does the Human Torch say Flame on? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't. I didn't catch no, it. No, I don't think he does. Which is weird because I think. He could. Yeah. He could yell it. He yeah. flames on. He could have. He flames on a lot. Uh, he th- he does a lot of specifically throwing fireballs in this movie that I like. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It looks nice. Uh, at any point in this movie, uh, did you feel like stretching was a good power to have? Uh, so, yeah. I mean, the funny thing about this movie is this movie, most of the time... They do have him, you know, he punches a bunch of army commandos when they come to arrest him, but then, then the thing knocks him out. Uh, but, like... This movie mostly presents stretching as an obstacle to overcome. Like, Mm. the big climax of this movie is Dr. Doom disables Reed's containment suit. Dr. Doom turns off his suit that controls his stretching, and Reed falls to the ground in a pile. And this is why I wanted to bring up the scene from before. They recreate the dynamics of the scene from the accident. Reed's lying on the ground. He can't move because of his stupid bendy body. He looks over and he sees Johnny's like covered in rocks and on fire. He kind of looks like he did when he was burning. He looks over at uh, at Ben and Doom has covered Ben in more rocks and Ben's like, Reed, help me again. And it's like, he's in the situation where it's, he really did not fail his friends in that moment in the accident, but the intention here is Well, he failed his friends by doing the experiment. Yeah, but failing his friends wasn't passing out when he saw that his legs were stretching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the moment that's being recreated here. But the idea is, the idea is supposed to be, last time he was in this situation, he passed out and ran away and wasn't there for his friends. And the theme of this movie is that you're stronger together. Franklin Mm -hmm. Storm says that right before Dr. Doom murders him. It's a theme they added right at the end. Right at the end. They say it three times right at the end. They say it right at the end in the last six minutes of the movie, so you know that it's the point of the movie. And Reed wills his body back into place. And the most dramatic thing Reed does in this movie is stop stretching. Yeah. And well, but then he stretches a bunch and beats the beats the shit out of Doom really quick. But it doesn't do anything. It's a distraction. Nobody throws him off a cliff. Yeah, but then he comes right back up. But I'm saying every other Fantastic Four member couldn't even touch him. That's true. I was surprised by how well him stretching over and he could just kind of toss around the god man. <laughs> <laughs> when he's like not stronger than a normal person. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. also uh, uses his powers to transform his face into like... A Mexican man. <laughs> yeah, when he's on the run. Yeah. Uh, and he yeah. speaks Spanish. Yeah, that's cool. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like this movie was really trying to lean into the body horror of Reed's powers on purpose in a way that the other movies weren't. Yeah, there was a take of this movie where it was like kind of a horror movie, and I think it could have been cool. Yeah, and I think that's... I mean, honestly, I'm sure... I'm sure it had other problems, but I'm sure the original Josh Trank cut of this movie was a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they saw. And then all the like weird scenes we're talking about were like, it was actually kind of funny, which was uncomfortable because of the context was probably the reshoots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so th- those are all of our mainline questions. Yeah. I feel like there's something. Usually when we finish these questions, we've not only explained the whole movie, but probably oh, yeah. over-explained it. Yeah. Uh, yeah the well, one thing I'll say that... What, what else um, you got? We talked a lot about is in the negative zone, uh, the evil uh, bug man king Annihilus lives there. Yes. And I was thinking about if that was what they found on the other side instead of finding Goop. 
and it would make more sense why Reed wants to not be involved with creating a thing to go back there. Oh, yeah. If they found something that's bad on the other side. Yeah. That he's like, we can't, you know, something like that. Yeah, I mean, even that, like... That's one thing. Like, Doom just says that the plan... Like, when he's talking to the the, mili- the guy from the military, right, before he killed... When they, they think that Doom's, like, so fucked up he's almost yeah. dead. And so he's in a stretcher and they're talking to him, being like, What did you find there, Victor? We're gonna cure you, don't worry. Uh, and then he's like, The planet sustained me and gave me power. Power that people like you should never have. And I'm gonna murder all of you! But, like, Doom's acting like there is some kind of entity on the other side to be allied with. Like, he just mm-hmm. says, I'm on the side of the planet. And <laughs> You get the idea he's just going to sit, he's going to destroy the entire Earth and just sit on planet Zero and just be there. Yeah. And that's, that is what's happening in the movie. Yeah. But the, the vibe of it would make so much more sense if it's like, I, there's, it's a, there's people. I'm on their side now. Yeah. There's a guy. I met a guy, I met a bug king named Annihilus. And I'm I mean, on, this and I'm movie more than the other ones is like Dr. Doom could just have not been in the movie. They could have just cut him out completely. Yes. And had it be a different kind of. Yeah. If you did the exact same, especially because the pathos of like Doom being presumed dead or like one of their friends being injured or the rivalry between Doom and Reed just isn't in this movie. They're yeah. getting nothing from that. Yeah. No, I mean, Doom says at one point, like, you were always smug to me, Reed. You thought you were smarter than me. And it's like, I don't... I mean, I guess, I guess you thought that. <laughs> yeah, Reed wasn't doing that. Like, I don't and know. And they weren't really friends. Nobody really knows each other that well in this movie. Yeah. I mean, I guess they do, but it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. Well, it's like, there's like pods, right? It's like, the Storms obviously know each other, but then they don't have that many scenes together. It doesn't together. feel that way. And like, Reed and Ben obviously know each other, but they don't have that many it scenes together. doesn't feel... Like, the... Yeah, they're just all... None of them feel friendly. Yeah, like, there's a bit at the very end after... It's joyless. Yeah, there's a bit after the very end where they've saved the world and they've been given their own, like, government facility to do their research and they're not going to take any orders from the military and they're all standing and, like, looking out and dreaming of sequels and, like, they're making jokes about what they're going to name their superhero team uh, and uh, uh, Johnny, like, looks at Thing and he's like, what about, like, the three cool guys and the Thing nobody wanted like razzing him but it's like I don't think they'd spoken to each other up to this point yeah it was very cruel especially because as you said it seems like the thing is suicidal yeah. in this film thing is death so in ultimate comics thing is explicitly suicidal like there's a line where he's like I'd slip my wrists if I could yeah and he, they never say that in this movie but Jamie Bell plays it that way yeah. Jamie Bell plays it like thing just wishes he was dead and probably I bet I bet there was a version of this movie where he's like, I'm going on these missions because I'm hoping one of the terrorists get me. Yeah. (laughs) I'm hoping one day a rocket launcher works. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's this insane scene where you see the thing is sitting in his, I guess his room he lives in. Yeah. And he's just watching a TV that's just playing footage of him killing people. And on the TV, there's a display at the bottom, a lower thirds display that says, Confirmed Kills 43. And I guess that's his TV now. He just watches that for fun. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not, he doesn't like it. He's very sad. Yeah, I mean, but that's also what's weird is like, thing is, Ben is doing it and it's clearly miserable and Johnny's like, sign me up. Yeah, because they've never spoken. Yeah. (laughs) They don't know each other. Uh, yeah. I feel like, like, you know, this movie, you just kind of forget, forget about it because they edit it out so much at the moot, like, so little happens. It's really. And like, Doom's like. The way Doom's, like, plan to destroy the world is set up is they say, like, earlier in the movie, they say, like, four times that if Reed had just built his teleporter a little too strong, it would have opened up a black hole that would destroy the world. So Doom does that. 
Oh, and I guess it the black hole actually would have been a portal that sucked everything into yeah, the into the planet zero into I guess. the end zone. Yeah, so there's the, the end zone. Yeah, it's all really confusing. Like when Doom makes his weird portal, it's sucking the Earth into planet zero, but then there's a ring of energy that vaporizes everything it touches. So the people and cars that are getting sucked into Planet Zero aren't landing in Planet Zero. They're being vaporized by the ring. Yeah. And the way they kill Doom is by pushing him into that ring. But and and visually it's all set up. You understand what's happening, but it's nonsense. Yeah. So Marley, I think I, I think it's time we go off script. Okay. And we didn't prepare this. We didn't. But I think that we should ask a final four questions okay. about watching all four of these movies. All right. Um, and I did not prepare what those questions are. <laughs> but I think there I should was, be... I was about to be so impressed. I said I didn't prepare it. I know, but I thought you were just ready to do well, it. Well, I think I have one. Okay. Okay. So after watching all four of these movies, yeah. what would you say is the one main direction you would go in for a future Fantastic Four project that these movies don't do. Okay. Well, uh, okay. I, do you want me to be like, what do I think would make my ideal Fantastic Four movie? Or what do I think at this point in the context of these three other movies that have been released, should they actually do when they make another one? I think it, it should just be coming from you, right? Rather than trying to think of like what Marvel should, I don't know. It's up to you. Okay. Well, so I, I can't separate it, so I'm just going to say, here's what I think. I think that at this point, the Fantastic Four, like, as I did my thing where for no reason I read the first hundred issues, I read the only, the hundred issues that Stanley and Jack Kirby did with the Fantastic Four in the 60s. Yeah, uh, for, for fun. For fun. You liked it. Yeah, I love them. I love comics. I love the Fantastic Four. They're some of the best comics from the 60s. It's notably better than other comics Stan and Jack were doing at the time. It makes sense it was a hit. And it created Marvel Comics. Yeah, really. all the big foundational stuff in Marvel Comics comes from Fantastic Four. Um, and so I think that my main thing would be Reed and Sue get married, and Sue gets pregnant, and they have their son, Franklin, pretty fast. Mm -hmm. And for the vast majority of the Fantastic Four's history, the idea of them being a family is not just that Reed and Sue and Ma are married, and Johnny and Sue are siblings, it's also that there's like, at least one kid. Mm -hmm. And then they don't have Valeria for a long time, and they don't have like adopted other super kids for a long time. But the basic idea of like, this is a, a family, and this is a not even extended family, it's basically an immediate family, and then their best friend Ben, who their kids call Uncle Ben. Mm -hmm. They call, they, like, Franklin exclusively says Uncle Johnny and Uncle Ben is yeah. the only thing he calls them. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, I don't know that you necessarily have to have the movies do that, because obviously the initial premise of the Fantastic Four was not that they had kids, but I think it's such a big part of the comics and it's such a big part of all my favorite runs of the comics that at this point, I think it'd be crazy to not make, I think at this point, the Fantastic Four movie should start at a point where they have their powers, they've had them for a while and they have at least Franklin, if not Franklin and Valeria. Mm -hmm. And I think Franklin should have powers. He doesn't always, but he's more interesting if he does. Mm -hmm. um, and I can see why these movies didn't do that, but that's what I would do And now. that's the element of the Fantastic Four that the best Fantastic Four movie, The Incredibles, is only about. Yes. <laughs> is that, that family thing and about being a superhero and be in relation to the family and if those two things are antithetical. Yes. Um, and what they ultimately learn is we can be superheroes and be a family. Yes. And, and, then, like, and, and then the other thing I said, which is I, I do think, I think more care should be given to have Reed's driving force be exploring. 
mm-hmm. and discovering new things and going out farther into the world or in, uh, under the world or whatever, like, that that should be, like, the, his, the thing he can never stop doing is trying to go new places. Okay. Now for the second of Austin's final four Fantastic Four questions. Uh-huh. Do you think, after watching all these movies, there's a way to make Reed's powers cool? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I don't think you can make his powers cool. I don't think you can make him... I don't... I think the key thing is the cool thing Reed does at the end of the movie shouldn't really involve stretching too much because that's not the best thing about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the way to do it is what the Tim Story movies tried to do, especially in the second one, which is Reed's powers should pretty much be funny. Uh, and mm-hmm. they should be part of what makes the movie a light-hearted kind of kids' movie is that Reed has stretchy cartoon powers. But Reed's big, like, I'm Reed Richards, and here's me saving the world. Maybe he shouldn't even stretch in that scene. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not going to be the best thing he's going to do in a movie is stretch. Yeah. Okay, I'm... Cu- I, oh, I have a third question! Um... So, you've read the first 100 comics now, and all of these movies, except one, the main villain is Doctor Doom. Yes. Um, Honestly, maybe all of them, the main villain is Doctor Doom, because the Silver Surfer is not a villain. Yeah. Um, And and they prominently fight Doctor Doom in all four movies in shockingly similar scenes. Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, and Fan Four Stick all three of them end with Doctor Doom just kind of trying to kill them for no reason. Okay, if you were, and let's say not in the context of the MCU, okay, because we already know some details or whatever the heck that movie's gonna be. Sure. If you were to make a Fantastic Four movie and you couldn't use Doom, say Doom isn't gonna be in the first one, okay. and for the sake of this, Annihilus can't be the first person they fight either. Why are you making me not be able to use the guy I keep saying I want? Okay, I just want for some context here. Well, because I know you would say that. Hold on. I just want to say how unfair this question is. Not only have I said, wouldn't this Fantastic Four... So, I've said the words, wouldn't this be better if a giant bug man named Annihilus was in it? I've said those words... I think every time we've talked about the Fantastic Four, and also most of the times we've talked about any Marvel movie, because I've desperately wanted to see Annihilus. So it's Annihilus by so far that it's offensive for it to not be that. I just feel like... Okay, so your question is, if I can't use Doom... What I'm wondering is if there's a villain I don't know of that you think would be fun, like, that okay. isn't on the top of my... But you you don't... You know, I just came up with this right now. You can reject the question. No! You can plead the fit. I mean, you you know, so... Okay, all right, so I, I actually do think at this point that Doom should not be in the first movie. Uh, I think that... I, I, I don't even need that restriction. Yeah. I wouldn't answer... If you asked me what villain should they use next, I would not answer Doom. Yeah. Because he's his own thing, and he's complicated, and he's got his whole deal. He's and you And you're supposed to meet him as a flashback. It's supposed to be like, oh, no, Reed's old friend, Doom, has yeah. returned. So you can do that in any movie. He can always return as Reed's old friend from college. Yeah. You don't... It's fine. Um, so I don't think you should use Doom in the first movie at all. I think that would be a mistake. I Like you said, I think the MCU probably will. Uh, but I think they probably should. I mean, it'd be funny. There's a chance in the new movie, Doom will be in it, and he'll be, like, on their team. Yeah, the he'll, be, yeah he'll be Valeria will be like, Uncle Doom, because <laughs> she exclusively calls him <laughs> Uncle Doom. And yeah. it's not because he's not evil, it's because she's into it. <laughs> yeah, it's because she's evil. <laughs> yeah, because Valeria of. Richards is kind of evil. Okay, yeah, uh, so... But uh, I love Valeria. Also, I just, I love Valeria Richards. I really want her to be in a movie. She's like my favorite Fantastic Four character. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. I think she's awesome. Um, uh, Okay, so I can't use Doom. Let's say for one second you can't use Annihilus, and then I'm going to talk about why I want to use Annihilus. Uh, I think you could go, 
<sighs> I'm killing Marley. <laughs> it's also the dying because we're in the hottest room I've ever been in. So, like, the way you're breathing. <laughs> okay. And, but you want me to not think about the MCU. You want me to I just don't know, be... man. I didn't mean to hurt you this way. <laughs> well, because it could probably be Namor. Namor oh. would be the other one it could be. I'd love, yeah, to, I'd, love to, I'd love to have the first thing they do be they go to Atlantis and they meet Namor and you do a whole Namor thing. Yes. But they've used him already in the end. It would be very Yeah, good. no, but I, I'm thinking maybe not, with, you know, I don't know, because the MCU then it gets so, like, insider politics. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. So if, if there was no MCU consideration here, yeah. I would say I think Namor could be a pretty decent first villain for them because he's underground. He's, un he's underwater. He's he a better version of Mole Man. Yeah, because I think, I mean, I don't think you should do Mole Man. One of the problems with Ultimate Fantastic Four is they do try to have Mole Man. They do have Mole Man be the first villain they fight, and it mm. sucks. I don't like it. I don't want an updated Mole Man. I want Mole Man in movie six when you're comfortable with him just being fucking Mole Man. <laughs> yeah. I don't want you to explain why this man's down there in a way that makes sense. It's the yeah. goddamn Mole Man. Yeah. And also Incredibles did Underminer, so mm. they probably can never use Old Man. Yeah. Mole Man. Um... But yeah, I think you could do a pretty cool movie where the first villain is Namor because he's interesting. He'd be an anti-hero the way yeah. he is. You'd basically do... If you did basically Wakanda Forever, but it was a Fantastic Four movie and all the Namor stuff was the same, I'd be like, that's the greatest movie <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, that, that was the kind of answer I was, like, looking for is just, like, what would be... Like, coming from the perspective of you just having read a bunch of original yeah, Fantastic yeah. Four. But, but I will say, I think... Like, but, you know, if, imagining... I'm going to very quickly, they'll give you kind of the MCU answer, which is yeah. like that thing they do where they take a kind of obscure villain and they make him into basically a new character because they yeah. just want someone who fits the story. I'm going to say the Red Ghost because the Red Ghost is a Russian spy who recreates the Fantastic Four's experiment on himself and mm. his three trained apes. And <laughs> and it's, it's uh, and so then he's, he's a guy who can become... <laughs> Yeah. Don't you love it? <laughs> he's a guy who can become what? So he he is the red ghost because he becomes intangible. Okay. Uh, and then one of his apes, I believe, is super strong. One of his apes is, like, made of spaghetti. Like, not like Reed Richards. Like, when you fight into him, he, like, breaks apart into pieces and you, like, can't grab him because okay. he's, like, not solid. And then the other ape, I don't know, does something else. <laughs> I, I don't... Maybe mind powers? I'm just guessing. I think you're right. <laughs> The other eight maybe has telekinesis. But, like, I'm saying, like, if you just, if you wanted to do a classic MCU origin movie, you want the Fantastic Four to get their powers, you want the villain to get their powers the same way, because that's cleaner, that's what they always do with Doctor mm. Doom in these movies. Yeah. But it sucks to do that with Doctor Doom, because it takes a lot of what's cool away it, it from It also Doctor takes Doom. away, it makes him not feel like a genius on par with Reed, if it's, like, the same thing, but yeah. he's worse at it. But, like, say, imagine if, know. imagine if in this movie... Uh, there's another evil guy as part of their team. There's like an old, yeah. there's like an older guy who's like, hey, "What are you doing with these kids? This was yeah. my experiment." Well, literally, it could be the people, yeah, running the experiment. Yeah, and in this movie, they send chimps through, right? Yeah. So if you had all that same setup, and then they get their powers, <laughs> and then the military is like, "We want these powers for ourselves. I'm going rogue," and the general sends himself and three chimps <laughs> through. <laughs> yeah, and then the end of the movie is they're just fighting four big CGI apes with kind of their powers. It's stupid but whatever yeah that's my that's that's my pitch red ghost and his three super apes no that's awesome <laughs> that'd be amazing and, and the reason i pick that is because if you did that the movie would just not be about them very much that mm. would that would let your movie be entirely about the fantastic four and just gives them a cool thing with powers to fight at the end which is all they really use doom for in these movies yeah. and it's a waste of doom yeah because he's kind of more interesting than all of them that's why he gets used more than the fantastic four yeah 
So if you were gonna do like, a, if you were gonna do a new origin movie, I would do a, a, and I and I obviously I think you would adapt it a lot. You would change it a lot. It would be barely recognizable as the Red Ghost, but you would do a version of Red Ghost and his super apes mm-hmm. as a way to have the villain not like Darren Cro- like yellow, like Yellow Jacket, like mm-hmm. Ghost, like all these movies where the villain barely matters. That would be a villain you could use that. Yeah. Way. Um, but I think my ideal thing would be the Fantastic Four are already the Fantastic Four. They're already established, and this movie is about them under discovering Atlantis. Mm-hmm. It would be more fun. But yeah. I don't think you would want to do Namor in a movie that is also an origin story for the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they could already be set. But you, I'm combined, you, like, <coughs> I'm dying. <coughs> so hot in here. Okay. Now. Do you got one more? Yeah, I have my final <laughs> Four questions for the final Fantastic Four movie. Marley! <laughs> it's, it's so it's so it's so hot in here. Marley! Drink some water. <laughs> if we die in this room, tell our parents we think this is worth it. <laughs> okay. Well, who's gonna post the episode? <laughs> They'll find the recording with our Marley. Cor- They'll find the recording Mar- with our corpses. <laughs> Marley, my final four Fantastic Four question. <laughs> From one to four fours. <laughs> how many fours would you give the Fantastic Four, lovingly referred to as Fan Four Stick, out of four fours? <laughs> what? How many fours? How many fours do you give it? So your fourth question is just my question we always ask? I couldn't come up with one. Do you have a good one? Uh, I don't know. I'll just do, let's do you. What would you do instead of Doom? I don't know, man. <laughs> I didn't just read a bunch of Fantastic Four comics. What would I do instead of Doom? Yeah, you know these characters. You yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, read yeah, Jonathan, yeah, yeah. you read all the, you read a bunch yeah, of I read Jonathan the, Hickman I read Fantastic all the Hickman Four. ones. Um, I mean, honestly, the direction they're going into, I mean, they already, they can't do it in the MCU because they are already doing it, but doing the read meeting a bunch of evil reads oh, is yeah. like, I mean, that, that's why they're, they're basing the entire, this entire run of the MCU off of that. Yeah. Part of the, like, yeah. Part of the reason it's hard to say like, what's the MCU going to do is we know because Secret Wars Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars is a Fantastic Four story, and yeah. we know they're building towards it, so um, we know what they're doing. So, like, of that, that would be the part of that run that you would adapt, because it, it was awesome. Yeah, so you, um, you would like to see Reed meet, and then, you would like to see Reed meet his council of Reeds of, like, a hundred less, less moral, basically evil Reed Richards. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, that's not, like, that interesting, but, like, I mean, because that got spun off into, like, that's what Rick and Morty did. That's yeah, what they are doing with the Kangs. Like, it's the whole, but, I mean, that would be a neat... The thing that isn't in any of those really is the whole dynamic with that is that they're trying to get him to leave his family yes. and be like, we're going to change the whole world. And and the thing is that they're not evil. The Council of Reeds, the way they're presented in the first comic is that they're like helping people or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like no, it's the true. idea. Um, I mean, it's presented as like they're, they are Reed if he abandoned his family. It's Reed if he didn't prioritize his family. And the idea is supposed to be that's not... Good. And the idea of thinking about it is like, would the Fantastic Four be better if they were all reads? If they yeah. were all just the smartest person in the world? Um, and no, they all get blown up by Celestials right away. <laughs> Instantly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, I would love for that to happen in a movie. Yeah. No, that's true. I was, I, I was thinking about that, how, because like this movie, <coughs> this movie says that Tim Heidecker is Reed's stepfather. And I think they probably, if, if the comic didn't say that, which I'm not sure, I think one of the reasons <laughs> they do that is because in the 
60s com in the not this didn't happen in the 60s but in the mainline marvel universe reed's father is exactly rick sanchez mm-hmm. like exact like rick, rick from rick and morty is much more directly based yeah. on, on reed's father because Reed's father is a guy who abandoned his family to become a time-traveling psychopath. Yeah. And also there's a thousand It would also be such a fun movie for it to be that, him being like, you need to protect me from the evil version of me that's trying to kill me. We're the last two left. You gotta help me, son. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd be like, you, your dad is so bad, man. <laughs> yeah. You don't help this guy. He's like, I gotta, he's my dad. Uh, so, you know, also they could, and also they're... <laughs> Reed's dad being a time-traveling psychopath is, like, how Kang is actually a dis- also a descendant of Reed's mm-hmm. dad. So the- they probably are going to do stuff with that in the MCU because... They- Maybe that'll be what the movie is. Yeah, because they're oh. doing stuff with Kang. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, I will answer your final question. Uh, I give fan four stick 2015 Josh Trank's uh, masterpiece that unfortunately uh, ruined his life, and I wish him well. I think he's actually kind of a neat director. I don't know if he's a good person or not. I haven't looked into it. I don't care. Give the movie zero force. <laughs> zero force! What the heck? Um, uh, I don't know what's going on with. Uh, I give it point three fours. Zero point three fours. Zero point. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Zero. Wait. No. Zero point four fours. Oh, that's nice. I like. Yeah. It. Yeah. Cause there's some fun bits. Yeah. Human Torch looks so cool. Yeah. And I not. Yep. Zero fours. <laughs> I if I were to recommend that anybody watch any of these movies, it would be the unreleased one. Yeah, that's I the think. only the only one I would say you should really watch it. If someone it's told, neat. Yeah. if someone is told if if someone tells me they <coughs> haven't watched any Fantastic Four movie, the only one I would say you should check it out is the unreleased one. And it's free on the internet. So check it out, everybody, and then check out the cool documentary about the making of it. That's also free. Yeah, that's my recommendation of all this. Read uh, th- 200 issues of Fantastic Four, like I have. Uh, we've talked about Stan and Jack's Fantastic Four. We've talked about Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four. We've been talking now about Ultimate Fantastic Four. I want to throw in there. I haven't reread it for this this podcast, but I have read a lot of John Byrne Fantastic Four, and it's also very, very good. I also recommend that. That's when She-Hulk joins the team. Uh, that's when they fight Ego. That is like a fun thing about if you were to do an adaptation of it. Also, you could have it be different people on the team. Yeah. It happens all the time. One of the number one ways they shake up the Fantastic Four is by having one or two of the members replaced. And they were doing that very early on. Crystal replaces uh, Sue when Sue's pregnant. It would be so funny if for this new movie with all these casting rumors and stuff, and they're like... Yeah, yeah, so Adam Driver's in it, and then they release the trailer, and we're like, he's playing Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, there's a version of Fantastic Four where Black Panther and Storm, who are married, are leading the team with Johnny and Thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I think we're, like, done. I think we did it. You got any last uh, last thoughts about Fan Stick or any of these any of these movies? Yeah. When it comes down to it, we are all stronger together ah that's it and and i think that these movies have taught us that that if you want to be the doctor doom you need to all kind of use your powers together and by using them together we mean just kind of punching him right after each other (laughs) instead of one at a time like morons or maybe give all your powers to one of you and let him punch him a bunch of times do you have a final thought uh, my final thought is only, I'm just going to say, I think the one thing the unreleased movie does that none of the other ones really approach is the read and doom dynamic. I think that the, 
the what is actually interesting about Reed and, and Doom as adversaries is that Doom is kind of unreasonably angry at Reed and uh, kind of un, 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 his rivalry is a little bit unhinged mm-hmm. and it's like basically what makes like Doom could maybe be an okay guy if he didn't have that yeah and I feel like the unreleased movie that that scene where uh, he's hanging from the castle and he's like Richard save me we were we were friends once and Reed saves him and then Doom's like haha because you wouldn't make the killing blow that means I'll defeat you next time and then throws himself into the ravine yeah it's just I don't know it's so cool and fun and there's nothing like that in <coughs> any of these other movies yeah because Doom sucks <laughs> weird that that is the best Doom yeah. is in that one and he, you can't hear him you can't <laughs> Yeah, my final thought is, I wish you could hear what Doom was saying in the only movie where I like him. All right. 0.44s. 04s. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, we love you. Love you, too. Bye. Dying. It's so hot. It's so hot. Boopity boop boop boop. It's me, the newsman. Our outro music is by Josh Pan. Art is by Will Patrick. And Austin Halpern Grazer edits the podcast. What a lovely fellow. You can follow the podcast at Hero We Rewatch. Marley is Marley HG on Twitter, and I'm Austin HG. For some more Hero Rewatch stuff, go to Austin Halpern Grazer on Instagram and TikTok. And Keep your eye out for all things super duper. See you next time. Watch the news. Stay up to date, my friends. <laughs>